We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Davis, are you ready for some rapid fire? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I've got, uh, I've saved a Notre Dame question or two that, that I'll throw in here in a minute. Okay. But I'm going to start you off with something else first, if I can find my questions here. Which number will be greater at the end of the season? Sam Hartman's interceptions or Notre Dame's leader in touchdown receptions? Oh. So right now, Hartman, of course, he threw his first three interceptions last week. Hartman right. has three. Holden stays, actually, four touchdowns yeah. leading the team right now. We haven't seen him do anything the last few weeks. So which which number is going to be better, Notre Dame's touchdown leader or the interceptions that Hartman throws? Well, I say this because of the remaining schedule, which is really not that good outside of USC. I'm going to say Sam might throw two more interceptions. And I think somebody will get over five touchdowns by the end of the year. Yes. We still haven't seen the Tobias breakout game. With That's a couple very of touchdowns. true. That's, That's still maybe in the offense. So. I agree. I, I, I completely agree with, with kind of what you're saying. Because of once you get past USC, and even USC is like, you know, again, it's, it's not like their defense – is any good. I think that we're going to uh, kind of see things. I don't think that Sam Hartman's going to have another multiple interception game this season. I think at the no. most, he has two or three more interceptions the rest of the season. You know, like you, you can never sort of account for tip balls and those kind of things, but look right, how clean right. he was just with the decisions that he was making, yeah. you know, in the first six games of the year before that. But again, like Holden stays, has four, mm-hmm. and th- you know the next guy is Jaden Greathouse with three. He's been injured right now, so I think that we're you know we're, I think Mitchell Evans is kind of due for probably a touchdown spree here at some point. You know, someone like Mitchell Evans, and once Jaden Greathouse gets completely healthy, so I'm going to go with the reception leader as well. I don't think that Sam Hartman will. Uh, will end up throwing that many more interceptions the rest of the season. I think that that 
based on what we've seen from him this season, that game Saturday was an aberration. And I don't think, I don't think we see anything nearly that bad again. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Jared Parker says he plans to incorporate more play action in Notre Dame's offense. He said this yesterday. The problem is not the play action. The problem is, and I would be interested in hearing what you say, but also would be interested in the breakdown that Jesse might be able to do on this. I don't think Sam Hartman's really good at his play action phase. I agree with that. And maybe it's coming from the slow mesh and being used to like mm-hmm. work that with the running back, but out of a traditional pro set, especially under center, Sam Hartman's not as as good at play action in his fakes as I thought he would be. Yeah, and it seems like that would be something that you could easily work on. You know, right. just just like watch a little film of of Peyton Manning or, or somebody like that and see how Peyton used, used play action, you know, is because when you have a run game, that's been as strong as Notre Dame has, that should be, a, you know, a much easier weapon to use, but you're right. It's like, you know, the times that you do see it, it's just kind of like, it's, it's very token. He's, he's not doing much with it. And that's, that's why I, I said, you obviously don't want to use the slow mesh like he was doing at Wake Forest, but you could still incorporate more RPO because then you kind of you take away the need for play action because it's it's essentially him reading the extra defender and you know am I going to hand off, am I going to pass, you know that kind of thing. So you know again at least you kind of keep the defense honest to an extent. But I I, I think you're right. Like they need to do something to be able to slow that down. And and catch a defense off guard, especially as much as they line up with the tendencies that they have, then they show that they want to pound the football. But it's it is a good question. Like, does it just yeah. come down to the fact that Sam Hartman maybe is not that good at play action, so they're not using it any more than they are? Right. Yeah, it should be very interesting. But I don't. I just really expected him and his mechanics of nuances of the position and this mm-hmm. is his first time really being under center as much as he's been you know yeah small things matter that's why Aaron Rodgers and Burrow Pat Mahomes they're really good at their play fakes and it makes a difference yeah it definitely makes a difference yeah and I mean again like if this is a guy who has NFL aspirations and at least we think that he does, then like this should be something that uh, you would think that he would be working on still to try to try to be better at that. So would you buy or sell this season as a success if Notre Dame ends up in a New Year's Six Bowl? Yes, because of it would be growth. I think there uh, and it will also mean that they doubled up on beating Clemson. And will also mean that they have a victory over Caleb Williams and USC. So, yes, I, I, I buy that. It would be a boost in recruiting as well at the end of the season, in my opinion. And, you know, you still will feel bad about the missed opportunity against Ohio State, which would have changed a lot of narratives about Notre Dame moving forward. But to recover from that and to recover from Louisville and run the table, would show me a lot about this team and this staff. Exactly. Because 
if they end up in a New Year's Six Bowl at this point, it's going to be because they do run the table the rest of the way. They're going to have to win out. They're going to have to be a 10-2 and two team to get back. And they'll be, if they end up running the table, that would give them, obviously, wins over both USC and Clemson. And it obviously makes their record 10-2. and two. They're going to end up maybe just outside the top 10, depending on what some other teams do. Like you said, you're going to have this Pac-12 round robin coming up here in the very Mm -hmm. near future with all these Pac-12 teams playing each other. So there's going to be a couple teams that are going to come out of that bunch with at least two losses and probably more than that as well. So, you know, so again, it's just like if, if Notre Dame were to win out, those teams in front of them start falling back, they'll be right around somewhere around the top 10, you know, top 10, top 12, whatever. So that would absolutely be a success to be where they are right now, to be kind of licking your wounds a little bit with two losses, one closer than the other, but to end up 10 and two and in a new Year's six bowl from where they are right now, that would absolutely be a success to me. And it would be a double digit win season for Marcus Freeman. And, and, you know, again, like you start talking about recruiting impact and all that different kind of stuff. It would be a huge success, I think, to to end up there based on where they're at right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Question from Robert that I'll throw in here, and this has kind of come up the last couple of games. Coach Bayless His loss, Robert says, seems very significant. Is locating his replacement challenging without game film, et cetera, that's available for coaches and coordinators? Many thanks for another great show. What do you think about that impact? Uh, I hadn't really thought of it in that that way. That's something that uh, 
Well, they hired this replacement from in-house. So it's not like the position isn't filled. Right. I, I don't know. He's at least he's the interim. Now they haven't yeah. decided if he's the guy that's going what I was about forward. to say. I don't know if he's the guy moving forward, but it's somebody yeah. that's been around the program, knows what Coach Bayless did, and can continue the same trend. So as far as strength and conditioning, this is something I told um said I don't know a college football team that doesn't lose weight, have players lose weight throughout the season because they're constantly practicing, they're constantly playing especially the big guys in the trenches and teams are going to be a little bit more fatigued as the season goes on. Like Travis Hunter might've been playing 150 snaps to start the season. He comes back Friday. By the end of the season, he might be down to a hundred snaps on both sides of the ball. I highly doubt that he's going to keep up the same pace just because of attrition. Um, the Bayless effect. I don't, I don't think Matt Bayless had anything to do with them playing bad against Duke and Louisville. So I, so I really can't quantify what his loss means. Maybe he emotionally, certain players had a connection that he was a guy that they could talk to. Maybe he could impact guys mentally, yeah. which is very important, you know, in preparations for games. But as far as on the field performance, um, I can't sit here, you know, someone said, well, Joe Alt got pushed on his butt. Is that because of Matt Bayless? No, that's because of bad technique Yeah, on that plate. Like, I mean, Bayless got him through the summer. They did the whole summer conditioning and mm-hmm. all that. I mean, it happened right before training camp started. And I agree with what, what you said there. Fred Hale was, you know, the assistant performance coach under Matt Bayless. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, Fred Hale has his system that Matt Bayless didn't, and now they're doing something completely different, especially when it, you know, when the resignation comes right on the eve of training camp. He's essentially doing the same kind of things that Bayless was doing. And, and you know, the guy had been here the last couple of years with Matt Bayless, so he knows how things were run and the kind of things that they were doing and everything else. And, and you know, going to, to what you're talking about, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, whatever, over the course of the season, this this is one of those things where, like when you talk about that, you know, they want an in-house cafeteria and all those different things, you know, like they're still eating the food, you know, they would like more space to be able to, to do some of that in the Goog, but you know, they've, they've got that for them. It's not like all of a sudden the food went away. Well, you know, whatever food systems they were on, it's not like that went away. Mm-hmm. They've still got the GPS systems on all these guys. So they're tracking reps and all these different things. There's, there's a lot of data that they're getting. So I just, I don't, I, I don't buy into that as a reason, you know, just, just because, you know, again, like it would, there's, there's enough familiarity that the guy in charge of it, Fred Hill has now that I just don't think that they're doing anything drastically different from what they were doing before. Yeah, I agree. I mean, don't Matt Bayless obviously made an impact right. when he was hired. Guys always had nothing but good things to say about him. So what that loss means, I think we'll be able to kind of maybe have a better picture towards the end of the season, maybe. Yeah. Tim wants to know, top three memories of USC versus Notre Dame over the years. Do you have a top three? Oh, the 88 game. We went out there and smacked them. Calcium. Oh, oh, man. Shout out to my guy, Wes Pritchett. 
because he has some great stories from that game. If you haven't had a chance to talk to him about that game uh-huh. from the, the the team meeting where the players decided to send Ricky Waters and the others home, and the, dude, it was it was just great. It was like a team effort. It was like because as a team, you're sending like some of your playmakers home. Like that's how much confidence they had. Like, look, either you're locked in or you're not. Or you're out. And if yeah. you're like, if you're not locked in, go home. Yeah. So great stories. The Will Fuller, you know, bomb to start the game is a fantastic memory. And then the the, the Sam Darnold game when they got him yeah. to commit fumbles. Uh huh. And they really dominated them that game. Can Sam Darnold come back for this week's game? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Bring Sam Darnold back. Another one is the 89 game. The the 89 game, I don't know if people remember, that was the Todd Marinovich game. Oh, that's right. That's and right. I was trying was to remember. Much, okay, yeah. Man, he was talked about. He was the number one recruit, number mm-hmm. one quarterback, and he actually played a really good game that day. USC had to lead in the fourth quarter, and Notre Dame had to come back with a Tony Rice touchdown to take the lead. And Todd Marinovich was talking trash to Notre Dame. You know, he had a really good game. Unfortunately, his career didn't continue to blossom, but that's a big memory as well because there was a lot of buzz around Todd Marinovich and that offense as they came to Notre Dame State. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say Trojan horse, that's like one of the first memories I have from when Mm -hmm. I was a kid, you know, the whole Trojan horse thing. Uh, Remember that, Uh, you know, Bush push good or bad is still a memory. And like Mm -hmm. Vince and I always say, we were standing there at the five yard line when everything transpired there at the end. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like just the swing of emotions, it's, you know, again, it's not a good memory, but it's a memory. And it's, it's one of the most memorable Notre Dame USC games ever. And I agree with 88 and like my, like when I think of the 88 game, the thing that I always think about is that, touchdown run by Tony Rice mm. down the sideline to uh to take it in for the touchdown and of course Notre Dame ended up prevailing in that game. Tony Rice versus Rodney Pete. I mean, doesn't get Man, much better than that. His touchdown pass, the bomb to rocket out of uh-huh. the end zone where he almost stepped on the chalk on the back <laughs> line for a safety stance with Smagala's pick six. Yep. That was a fantastic game. There's a lot in that one. I would, that's 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 for sure. That was that was that was at least a fun one. Yes, that we can remember. Mister Two Point Oh wants to know if you have a diffuser, and if so, what oils you use. No, I have because of um, my nasal congestion. That's a side effect from the treatments I've just gone through. I, I keep a humidifier by at all times. Okay. Plus, I try to keep, I'm like the hurricanes coming out of the smoke back in the day. I thought I was seeing things at first. When I first saw it, I was like, what is that? Am I, like, am no, I it, it helps me with, uh, like I said, my nasal congestion so my voice can be normal. And uh, if I didn't have it on, eh, it would probably be a little bit difficult and put more strain on my throat. So I have to have it at uh I have to put it on the right setting. I have it on the raindrop setting right now. So okay. the mist goes up, but then it drops down. And that's why you see it on my uh yeah, on my screen. We were talking about is New Year's six uh, you know, with that 
Oh, it would definitely have to season. include. I would hope it includes a bowl win. I mean, Marcus Freeman got off the snide against South Carolina, so he has a bowl win under his yeah. belt. And it, you know, it, Tim says it would only be a success if they win. I guess. You know, like if you would ask me coming into the season, I definitely mm-hmm. would have said that. But again, like sitting where they are right now, I think at least getting to the New Year's Six Bowl would be a win based on where they are right now. Again, like at the at the beginning of the season, if you would have told me ten and two New Year's Six, they've got to win. Now, yeah. it's a you know, obviously you want them to win, but I'm saying just the way that everything is set up right now with the opponent that you've got this week and you still got to go to Clemson and all that stuff. I think at least getting there makes this a successful season at this point, because I've got, you know, you got to readjust your, (laughs) got to readjust your expectations. I think (laughs) a little bit based on where they are. All right. So you're a bears fan and there's been, I I think you are, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Yes, I I was say. I was gonna, yep. It sounded like that was a question at first when you said I am. Okay. No, no, no. I was agreeing. I'm sorry. Okay. So there's been talk in the last week or so that Lincoln uh-huh. Riley could follow Caleb Williams to Chicago if the Bears were to draft Williams. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that prospect? I want absolutely no parts. I'll say this. I'll be honest. My first preference is to have no parts of either one. <laughs> which would mean Justin Fields has proven himself and the Bears once again get to control the draft and pick can you imagine if the Bears didn't need a quarterback Caleb Caleb Williams is the number one pick that everybody wants but we get the Panthers pick which looks like it's going to be the number one pick, and the Bears control the draft again. That's true. Which means they get a chance to not only pick up more picks, but gain another team's first-round pick in the following year. Right. You talk about stacking drafts. That's my preference. I prefer that Justin Fields grows up and becomes a really good quarterback that you can win with. And once again, we control the draft, and we get Atlanta – to give up multiple picks to come up and get their guy or the Patriots or whomever. Mm -hmm. If people, if they came up Carolina and gave us multiple picks in the 22, 23 draft, their first round pick in 24 and DJ Moore for Bryce young. What do you think the price for Caleb Williams is going to (laughs) be? Good point. Good point. That's my preference. But I want absolutely no parts of Lincoln Riley. If Caleb Williams comes, by all means, welcome to Chicago. Lincoln Riley, no. Stay in college. At this point, we need somebody with that's an experienced head coach in the NFL that has connections to really good coordinators. That's that's what's needed. I think what what intrigues me the most about this is all this stuff started with Peter King floating mm-hmm. this out last week. And it's like Peter King doesn't typically just throw stuff out there, you know, throw mm-hmm. throw darts at the board. He's going to make his comments based on things that he's hearing. So mm-hmm. I've got to think that there's at least something to this, which again makes it really intriguing. And like you said, the way the board, you know, the way the Bears really the way things are shaping up right now, they control this draft at this point with 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 the draft capital that they've got going into this thing. So absolutely, I'm just, like, 
the Lincoln Lincoln Riley to the like. How much does Lincoln Riley want to play in the Big Ten? I, I think that that is that is a big because that you know that whole he went to USC yeah. and then a few months later, USC going to the Big Ten was announced. Is he is he tired of trying to recruit a defense that that, that everyone knows? You know, going back to Oklahoma, he's never been able to to re, to successfully recruit a good defense. Well, you don't have to recruit in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. And I can see why you wouldn't, you know, want to go around. But at the same time, yeah. like you talk that about an offensive mind. Yeah. That transition historically for great offensive minds trying to go to the NFL has usually been a struggle. That's true. For them. And true. I think the difference is Lincoln Riley doesn't really game plan against formidable defenses in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. or the Big 12 for that matter. During this time, the NFL is, you can say what you want to say. The NFL is the best of the best. And even the worst teams have good players. So that's why they say any given Sunday. And that's why most spreads, point spreads are seven points and less mm-hmm. for an NFL game. Like it's rare you get a double digit point spread in the NFL. Very rare. So the talent, disparity usually comes from number one, the quarterback. Right. And then the trenches in the NFL. It's, it's really simple. You know, if you have a good quarterback, you walk on the field every week in the NFL with a chance to really win. That's. I think by the end of the season, you know, to your point about you want Justin Fields to be the guy and show that he can be, you know, he started to show some of that against uh, Washington. Yeah. Last week, I, they'll know by the end of the season what he's going to be. I and think his passer rating when he throws to DJ Moore is something like 90.1. It's it's ridiculous. It's like when he targets DJ Moore, he is like well, an see, incredible and, quarterback. And that's the start of it. He's got, yeah, I mean, he's got a receiver that he didn't have last year. And as a result, like you said, when he targets DJ Moore, that's been successful the last couple of weeks. Ultra successful last week in that Thursday night game against Washington. But Cole yeah. Komet has also become a bigger part of the offense all of a sudden it's, as you've got a legit receiving zone. option. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But and I'm that's not also that's also the biggest disappointment about what happened with Chase Claypool because I you know they felt like he could probably be a legit at least a number two guy, mm-hmm. complimentary guy, and really help that offense. But it obviously didn't work out that way. But I, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't think that I would necessarily yeah. want any part of a college coach coming in there, no matter how successful he is running an offense and with the connection to Caleb Williams and all that stuff. I don't blame you. I, I wouldn't want Lincoln Riley either. But at the same time, their track record with hiring head coaches hasn't been very good. Has not been good. Kevin Warren. Very interested to see Kevin Warren and his regime just starting this year, how he views everything, how he views Ryan Poles, how he views – well, Matt Eberflus. I think he's pretty much done. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Fill in the blank. It's blank that after losing to Georgia last week, Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops told Wildcat fans they need to donate to their NIL funds so that Kentucky can buy better players – because that's what Georgia does. I absolutely loved it. Is that does that fit in the blank? 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, hey, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be a complete sentence. Look, man, we absolutely loved it. That can be. That's good enough. He was on his coach's show. He was kind of joking or making it seem like he was joking, but he was dead serious, in my opinion. And see, Kentucky is a school where the supporters are used to giving money to the basketball program. So it's not like they don't support, because I, I guarantee you, to get the five, the five stars that Calipari continues to get, they're definitely using some funds to get those guys consistently in Kentucky. So he's just trying to get the same vibe to the football team. And I think um, it, it applies to Notre Dame because we talked about this yesterday, myself and Malik. And we basically told Notre Dame, like, look, you don't have to, or we submitted that Notre Dame does not have to equal what Georgia and Alabama does. Georgia spends $6.5 million on recruiting. Yeah. That's their budget. That's absolutely insane. That's insane. But Notre Dame is top 10, and I think Notre Dame is at 3.6 from the last numbers, which is nothing to sneeze at. So three to five, I would say two to four players per recruiting class, this coaching staff needs support from the alumni and administration. Two to four difference makers in each recruiting class. That's all. Yeah. We yeah. don't have to be like Alabama and Georgia. Uh, the 23 class, it could have been Dante Moore and Peyton Bowen. That's it. That's it. Step up. Make sure that we can secure those two guys, and it would have had a huge impact on the football program moving forward. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And I don't know. I can't quantify that with – how much it would be, I just know that if you're going to be in this arms race that recruiting has become, because it, it is the wild, wild west right now. There are That's, no rules. Yeah. And if you want to continue to stick to your principles, I applaud that, but you're you're putting your program behind the eight ball. Yeah. That you really are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I do find it kind of humorous that SEC coaches just kind of, you know, say the quiet stuff out loud, <laughs> you know, that, that that most everybody else is say, you know, like I get what Mark Stoops is saying, but there's no world where 
Kentucky's ever going to be able to shell out enough NIL money to to go out and compete with Alabama or Georgia. And you're you know, probably, on a, on a you're consistent probably right. Basis. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, you're it's right. Probably- if you spin it to Notre Dame, you know, that's that's a different story because Marcus yeah. Freeman, you know, the way the, the recruiting is trending, he's he's got him pointing in the right direction. But yeah. it also helps when they've got Sam Hartman out, you know, selling his shirts and yeah. sweats and, you know, whatever else and letting everybody know, hey, I'm Sam Hartman and here I am. And I'm making a lot of NIL right now. Yeah. And Audrick Estime is as well, because really we didn't see kind of a lot of uh, forward facing you know, facing the camera stuff from, from any Notre Dame, like even Michael Mayer, we knew Michael Mayer was getting some NIL money right. last year, but like you haven't seen it as out front as specific to, to, to Sam Hartman and to Audric Estime. And like every once in a while, like you're seeing more Notre Dame guys like this. There's one of these places that does the autographs and stuff like that. And they'll publicize yeah. it. And we're seeing more Notre Dame guys doing some of that stuff as well. That's not where the big money is, but at the same time, like, Sam Hartman being out there front and center with all this stuff that, that he's pimping out there, yeah. like with his, his shaving products and whatever it happens to be like, it's tell, you know, and like the beats, you know, going back to the beats and the under mm-hmm. armor, it's, it's telling these guys that there's money there, even though Notre, Notre Dame is not going to be as uh, you know, completely bold and out front as a program yeah. with it, you know, they're not going to pay for play and stuff like that. But uh uh, you know, it's there. There are ways to do it. What Utah just did with the trucks. I don't think I saw that. Scholarship players. They gave, they leased, they got 85 leases for every scholarship player. And as long as they stay on scholarship, yep, they have a truck. And that, it was a Utah non-for-profit put together by the alumni that allowed it to happen, working with the local dealer. And I mean, it's little small things like that. That can make a difference because yep. the truth of the matter is we know Caleb Williams, we see him with Wendy's. We see him all over the place. Right. And most people say, well, you know, the locker room could have issues. If you have guys, there's not one player on USC's team that has an issue with Caleb Williams getting what he gets. Right. They know that he's the difference maker. Yeah. He's the reason they're still undefeated. Yeah. Everybody in that locker room knows that they don't have a problem. You think, Players in that locker room have a problem with Caleb Williams getting what he gets when they know who he is on that right. field? Right. Absolutely not. The difference comes when you feel like you're just as good as that guy. Right. As a backup, and he's getting. But that's that's the thing. Like it, I think they know once they're good enough, their time, mm-hmm. they'll get their due. And like Tim says, got to have a minimum payout to all players for NIL go up from there. And I don't know that there's necessarily a minimum, but I'm pretty confident that Almost pretty much everyone on Notre Dame's roster is getting some form of NIL. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're, they're not, like they're there's a a walk on Justin Fisher. You know, from here in town, he mm-hmm. was doing a a local credit union. You know, there were a few of them doing doing you know getting NIL from the credit union here in town a few months back. I remember seeing some of that. So like if the walk ons are getting it, I'm I'm very confident that. To, and from what I was told, pretty much everyone was getting something from Under Armour last year. Now that number might be bigger now because of the yeah. renewed contract and all that stuff. And, you know, like Sam Hartman with the shoes and all those different kind of things. But, you know, again, I don't know that there's a minimum, but I'm very confident that that everyone's getting something over there. That's uh, part of the from program. what I've heard, 
you know, and I've had a, I've been blessed to meet a lot of Notre Dame fans and they're the best in the world. I've been blessed to meet, you know, alums and uh, even some for the, during the Ohio state weekend. And most of them are in full support for Notre Dame to step into the future and maybe do a little bit more and be just a little bit more aggressive when it comes to NIL. So, but my question is, are they waiting for the university or should the alums be more aggressive and start presenting things too? Cause this is a, what happened at Utah was outside of the school. Yeah. Like this wasn't the school making it happen. Yeah. So I don't know if the alumni base is waiting for Notre Dame to see if they're going to be more aggressive, to see if Pete Bavacqua has different ideas, you know, or ways of doing things that might be different than Jack Swarbrick. It, yeah. This is the transition and what might come of this with the contract for the t- new TV. Well, I was going to say on the that, that TV yeah. contract. There can still be there can still be some NIL at play in part uh-huh. of this TV contract yeah. as well, and it could also be why. You know, maybe like, you know, when, when you're looking at these other, num- you know, numbers and stuff like that are reportedly out there and it like that Big Ten number, by the way, is a bit lower than it was originally reported because of the way mm-hmm. like Kevin Warren didn't necessarily have all the I's dotted and T's crossed on some stuff. So I don't think that number's quite as big as everyone was saying at first. It's still bigger than everybody else but the SEC. But, you know, yeah. my, my point is. Like Notre Dame's number might not necessarily be what that Big Ten number was out there reported, yeah. but if there are NIL opportunities and monies that's included in that as well, that can also go a long way. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, I remember reading the story. Notre uh, Big Ten teams were thoroughly upset with Kevin Warren, not just because across the T and dot in the eyes, but they had to give money back. Right. Right. They you had know, to get so, money back and like this whole thing about, you know, oh, we're going to have to play primetime games in November and yeah. you know, all those. And there was also the fact that that I think that um, like the Big Ten championship game was right. promised to Fox or, or NBC. One of the, you know, it was promised to one, but he didn't necessarily have the power to give it away because it no. was already signed to somebody it, else. The Big Ten championship game belongs to the Big Ten network. Right. So whatever network gets it has to lease it from mm-hmm. the Big Ten network. And Kevin right. Warren just tried to usurp that. And it's like, you don't have that power. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Decoff, by the way, likes my shirt, my Yakida nice. Brewing Company t-shirt. Yakida over in uh, in Elkhart. They do have some uh, nice adult beverages and pizzas over there. What, type of, what type of brew? God, you are you IPA. You like to experiment. I'm not water. an IPA guy. I'm okay. I, I don't I don't like I don't like the bitter hops. I uh, like especially this time of year now as we're getting into fall and winter. I you know I do like some you know my stouts mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Uh, but otherwise, you know I, I like a nice you know like an Irish red ale. You know those kind of things that like in the in the summer slash fall. You know like a blood orange kind of thing as well. Okay. Like those those type. You know, so are you one of those? A little bit of everything, especially when it comes to I'll try a little bit of everything except for the like New England. I don't know if you've ever had a New England IPA. It's a little bit, little bit milder hop than your typical IPA. It's like it's a little hazier as well. Like I'll go for the New England IPA, but that's about it. Does it matter what you're eating? 
Not as much. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm Chicago is starting to collect a lot of breweries. Okay. And like, man, it's crazy. Like so many breweries are popping up. Uh-huh. IPAs are really popping here in Chicago. Really popping, especially the flavored flavored beers. And yeah. It's so much. It's almost like Chicago has become super bougie now when it comes to beer. You know, people are like, well, I'll drink this beer if I'm eating a steak. Uh, you know, if I'm having a burger, I'll right. drink this one. I'm like, yo, right. it's, it's beer. Like, which one do you like? That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. And there's a lot of, in southeastern Michigan, you know, just north of us here, there are a lot of craft brewery, you know, mm-hmm. restaurant places that popped up. And you'll see, like, especially out in the summertime, if you go to one on the weekend, there'll be a lot of these uh, bus trips from Chicago that come mm. over and like, you know, they'll, they'll have like one of those mini buses, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, full like 20 people or something like that. And they'll like, they'll stop in at each of these places. They'll stay for maybe an hour or so. And then they'll load up the bus and they'll go to, you know, they'll go to like four or five of the different breweries in the area. And then, you know, they'll all be drunk and they'll take them back to Chicago at the end of the day. So Yep, we've been over there plenty of times where we see the buses roll in and really? you gotta make sure you gotta make sure you get there early enough if you go on the weekend that you beat those buses coming over okay. from Chicago. Okay. So, yep. Good stuff. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for tonight. We have verged merged into beer talk at the end <laughs> of the show. So we will wrap it up with that. Sean, I appreciate you uh jumping in and, and being our sixth man once again. It's uh, it's always great having you on. Yo. I love being on with my brother, Sean Styers. Man, I, I look, tell Jesse, I look forward to chopping it up with him as well. Okay. I, I haven't chopped it up with him. And we were both on a post-game show last year. That's right. And that was the last time I got a chance to chop it up with him. I should. I plan to be there this weekend. So I'll definitely touch base with you. Sounds and good. And hope, hope to get to see you. But I can't wait to come back on IB Nation during the basketball season. There I, you go. I'm it's really coming. excited going to be here soon that's right looking forward to it both men's and women's i think it's going to be a great season well you know men incrementally women i think are going to be pretty elite i think it's going to be a fun basketball season though you know like seeing what what micah shrewsbury is able to do with this young crew that he's got so thanks for having me to all the notre dame fans man have a blessed week and man let's, let's get it on saturday All right. Sounds good to me. Have a good one. Hit the like button on your way out. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.